Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 7 of the Crystal Clodcast. I'm your host, Laura. I'm here, as ever, every week with Retta. Hello! Where are you on the internet? I am Super Retta on the internet. And Mia! Hello! You can find me on Twitter at OmiaGod. And I'm Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere, and here we are again to talk about Steven Universe. So, today on the Crystal Clodcast, we are going to be talking about episode 30, Island Adventure... Episode 31, Keep Beach City Weird. Episode 32, Fusion Cuisine. Episode 33, Garnet's Universe. And episode 34, Watermelon Stephen. Now, you may have heard one additional page turn. We watched our episodes ever so slightly out of order because of me this week. So um, apologies in advance if we somehow mess up and get... 32 and 33 in the wrong order because I messed everything up, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. They're not very plot-heavy episodes. They're, so they're not too fine. linked into each other. The only point I had to get rid of was, like, I'd written down some note that said, ooh, two Ronaldo episodes in a row, when there was actually a buffer between the Ronaldo episodes. Makes sense. Um, you don't yeah. want too much Ronaldo. Exactly. Ronaldo is like a seasoning rather than, like, a... A, a part of your main meal. Mm, it's I think. not like lapis, where you want some lapis in a row. It kind of yeah. like it builds and you get a nice effect. But Ronaldo's like one dose of Ronaldo, and it's like, okay, I'm done now. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, we're going to start <laughs> off with episode 30, Island Adventure. Does anyone want to start us off this week? Well, Red is yawning, so I suppose I'll start. Sorry, I can't stop yawning today. <laughs> so, we see Stephen's abilities developing a bit more here in that he for the first time is able to warp the entire team back on his own yeah he activates the warp pad and we see him doing more of this kind of stuff where it's things that are not time sensitive or likely to cause issues if they go wrong mm. nothing that's too like if you don't do this right now under pressure every the mission will fall apart <laughs> it's just like no he feels up to activating the warp pad and they get back okay and everyone's mm. really proud of him and amethyst pretends to have a fly head oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's another instance of them putting in kind of an adult reference i doubt any kids watching are like that's a reference to the fly yeah that that film where that man goes in the teleporter and then has a fly head mm-hmm. as all children know yeah of course I'm fairly sure kids watch that at school these days. So. Um, I haven't. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, science person goes in a teleporter, a fly gets in the teleporter with him, he ends up with a fly face. <laughs> I've seen this referenced in many things, I didn't know what it was there referencing. It's, yeah. it's called The Fly. Um, and Stephen decides <laughs> that he's the warp master, because mm-hmm. he successfully did a thing that all the other gems do on a regular basis, mm-hmm. but because he did it once... He is now the warp master. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a very Stephen thing as well that he wants to then go and show it off. Yeah. When he's kind of like, can I go tell people I'm the warp master? And Phil's kind of like, well, Sh- yeah, I guess sure. so. He just runs, if I remember it, he just runs into the big donut and just screams like, I'm the warp yeah. master. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter that they have no context for what that means. Yeah, they don't know what that means. He doesn't go in and go, hey, I successfully managed mm-hmm. to teleport all of my like crazy <laughs> magic lady family from one place to another with my magic power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm the warp master. Yeah. Self-explanatory. Yeah. It reminds me of the secret club with the secret secret club card so that we could secret show them team. to people. That's it. <laughs> well, secret I, I, team. I think him running off to shout about how he's the warp master to people is interesting in that I interpreted it as he sometimes forgets that not everyone's life is quite like his own. 
Because he assumes that it's a self-explanatory thing. Because, of course, you know, when you use the warp, usually someone else has to do it for you, and then you do it yourself, and now you're the warp master. Mm -hmm. That's just how life is. Mm -hmm. He forgets that maybe not everyone in Beach City regularly uses a warp pad. Yeah. It's one thing... I'm kind of jumping ahead, but Sadie and Laz, I think, is this their first really explicit encounter with gem technology and monsters? And uh, They've seen gem stuff happen because they're at least aware, like, hey, all the water went yeah. that one time, for example. <laughs> like, they've seen gem stuff, but I think it's the first time we've seen them interact with a piece of gem tech. Yeah, because they actually use the warp pads yes. themselves. Mm. Which the, they're the... surprisingly unfazed yeah, like, by oh. we teleported. <laughs> Teleportation exists. They just kind of roll with it, like, okay. Just take Ronaldo on that one day, be like, hey, Ronaldo, teleporters are a real thing. Keep Beach City. Yeah, I suppose it's an interesting kind of juxtaposition between we're about to get the Ronaldo episode where he kind of goes overboard on finding the small leftovers from earlier episode. But then Lars and Sadie, it's like, hey, come on this warp pad, fight this invisible monster. And they're just like, yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so, continuing adventures of Lars being a horrible person. Mm-hmm. Lars is asleep at work, and when Sadie tries to get him to do work, he's like, maybe don't do work around my sleeping <laughs> if my sleeping's in the way of your work. Because <laughs> yeah. he's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's annoyed that he's been woken up because that's his dedicated sleep time. Yeah, it's the time that he sleeps at work. That's mm-hmm. just what he does. Um, so, I have a quibble about this episode, and I was watching out for something... Mm. And I'm just going to say this. The whole crux of this episode is after they use the warp pad, Sadie wants to keep Lars there and have Lars not, you know, run back home. Mm -hmm. So she conceals the warp pad so that Lars and Steven can't find it and they can't walk back. There is no point in this episode where for even a second she is alone on that island to cover up the warp pad. She gets off the warp pad with Steven and Lars. They walk as a trio to the beach. They walk as a trio back. This episode lies. There is no way she ever had a chance to to cover up the warp pad. Here's my interpretation of it. I mean, maybe this is me coming up with an excuse, but my interpretation is that they walk onto the island, they walk over to the the beach or the cliff or whatever, yeah. and then they walk back in the they walk back in the wrong direction. Lars thinks he's going in the right direction. Says the warp pad's gone. Sadie knows that it's the wrong direction, but doesn't say anything. Later goes and covers it up. I did think that that might be possible, except for one thing that makes me not believe that. Mm. When they walk back to where they think the warp pad should be, there is a conspicuous pile of leaves. Oh, okay. There is a big conspicuous pile of leaves that's not part of the background art. It's very clearly like a separately textured layer of like, Mm. this is some leaves we drew over where the warp pad is. Like, it's... Uh, Okay, this is a bit harder to cover up. Maybe Sadie brought her mum with her behind them and <laughs> told her mum to cover the warp because, pad. Because her mum could use the warp pad by herself? Okay, fine. Maybe her mum and Pearl came along. <laughs> Maybe the invisible monster knocked the leaves onto it, but Sadie or, knew where it was but or, didn't want them to find it. Or... Maybe just the episode runners needed a convenient excuse to keep them all on the island and didn't think that we would rewatch it and look out for the specifics of when Sadie went off to do it and they kind of cheated the plot slightly. Possibly. It's a thing that TV <laughs> we creators are thinking this. But it, yeah. it always annoys me. I do watch out for things like that when I rewatch shows. I'm like, okay, when did the character have their chance to do <laughs> this? Um, 
It's, but, it's our like secret team, like secret team. tear up the um, coupon, throw it on the floor, and then later just pull it out of their pocket. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like, how did you get that mm. again? So I have one example of this in a different piece of media that annoyed me, and mm. it's in Heavy Rain. Oh, okay. For anyone who's finished playing through Heavy Rain, it's the scene in the clock repair shop where something very big happens oh, yeah. and the character clearly does not have time to do the thing that happens. Yeah, it's like within that five seconds, like something very, very important and dramatic took place. Yeah. Well, there's but, several steps of a thing well, happened. Yeah, it, it and it's like you not did have... not have like enough time to do that unnoticed. Mm. And this feels like one of those moments where it's like, just, just don't question it. This yeah. was our conceit to yeah. get everyone on the island. Just Sadie found a way. Mm. Um... So, Sadie... I, I, I've written down a note, and I don't remember what Sadie did here. Okay, see if we can work it out. Sadie compliments Lars for doing nothing. There's something incredibly basic or nothing that Lars does. See, usually we watch the episodes and then record straight back to back. I did roller derby in between today. My, I'm not remembering what I wrote a note about here. Is it possibly when um, he starts the fire to cook the food? And he's really oh, proud of having made the... It's not the the starting of the fire. It's um, his cooking of the food. Oh, because all he does yeah. is he holds like holds the fish over a fire and then serves a fish that was cooked over fire. Yeah, but he literally says, like, I think that's it. Like, yeah, I think and she's like, done. oh, this is delicious. You made a really good meal. <laughs> oh, you should be a chef. Mm. She compliments him over just, like, you did the basic preparation of you cooked this until it was edible mm, over, over a direct heat. She's, yeah, she wants him to feel good and is just keeping well, praise. Well, she wants him to stay on the island. She wants him to stay on the island, feel good, and also to like her. Because you shouldn't. He's, he's not good for you right now, but Sadie likes Lars. Hooray, we worked out that mystery. Retta, now you're done yawning. What did you have to say? <laughs> I can't help it. I'm so tired. Well, I'm not even tired. I'm just yawning. Anyway, that's irrelevant. Um, Stephen said he wanted to take them on vacation and he wanted to take them somewhere so nice that they would never want to leave. Uh, And that kind of counts for Sadie. I can see that, yeah. Um, I think there's a certain amount of, I like both of you, but you don't seem to like me very much. Maybe if you want to stay here forever, then I'll have friends. Oh. (laughs) I mean, a little he also doesn't quite understand privacy because he's kind of like oh yeah you two can spend time together with me (laughs) (laughs) and then we get I think this is the first song in the show that I find really memorable long term that I still go back to in isolation because we had um, we had Strong in the Real Way that's you Mm -hmm. know that's pretty good we get Wherever You Are. Mm-hmm. And Wherever You Are is still one of my favourite songs in this whole show. Isn't it such a beautiful night? Whoa. <laughs> You'll notice really... Mia is not singing along because Mia does not sing when me and Retta have our sing-alongs. <laughs> Mia just sits in the corner grumpily like, I'm not singing. <laughs> no. and I, don't cast me as some, like, a grinch. You are the villain of the podcast. <laughs> my evil you're able to resist singing wherever you are therefore you're clearly the villain yeah i'm I'm obviously the black-hearted you're you're the one that's like stealing all of the music from the world and we haven't worked it out yet Mm -hmm. yeah and my alter ego yeah 
I, I now want to know about your alter ego. <laughs> well, maybe this will be a kind of ongoing story. You'll find out more as time goes on. Or we'll forget entirely that we created this plot. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> Most likely. Um, wherever you are is really nice in that it does a good job of... It basically functions the way that a, um, a montage usually does, where it's, mm. here is some music and a bunch of scenes that, by the end of them, the state of the characters has changed and now everyone is happy with their scenario. Yeah, the implication being several days are passing while we're listening to the song. That's one thing that I wanted to mention. Like, the song shows several days passing. I'm like, why did the gems not go and get Stephen? See, oh. I'm not that worried about the gems. I'm more worried about Sadie's parents and Greg. Aren't they kind of worried at this point? Well, there's a few explanations there. Greg's probably not worried because mm-hmm. he often goes multiple days without seeing Stephen. Okay. Yep. yep. The mm-hmm. gems were off to an underwater mission. It could just be that their mission's taken them a few days and they're like, ah, Stephen will be fine. Okay. Uh, either that or if they did come back, Stephen didn't tell them where he was going. <laughs> There's a lot of places you could warp to. Mm. They might not necessarily know to find Stephen there. I guess that's true. Um, And for Sadie's parents? uh, Well, Sadie and Lars are both old enough to work in a shop, which to me suggests possibly they are either old enough to live away from their parents. Well, we know Lars lives with his parents. Sadie has a room at her mum's, though. We've seen her... Yeah, she clearly does live with her mum because her mum makes her the... We learn later on, makes her lunch daily. But... Sadie knows that she's going to want to stay there for a while with Lars, so she probably told her mum in advance. Yeah, because considering Stephen told them that he was taking them on vacation, it might have just been, we're going to go stay with Stephen for a couple of days. Okay. Like, they could justify it to their parents, "Eh, we're just going to go away for a couple of days. Have we met Lars's parents? We do meet them. We do meet them much later. We meet them in, sorry, yeah. The episode where Stephen is Lars. Yeah. Oh, we meet his, yeah. we meet Lars's like parents a, like through Stephen's eyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember um, now. So yeah, we get wherever you are. Um, Lars, I, I I wrote this down, and I think this. I hope this stands as a character observation about Lars. Lars doesn't want to be miserable when he's not being watched. There is, yeah, that really kind of. What's the word? Like, we see how Lars maybe really feels, in a sense. He's very vulnerable, and you get an implication that he's putting an act up a lot of the time. I I feel like a lot of the time he's just... Well, go to you in a sec. Um, (laughs) I feel like a lot of the time he's just playing it up to impress the cool kids. Mm. It seems so. What I was going to say is just the very last bit in wherever you are. Why don't you just let yourself be whoever you are? Yeah, yeah, I think that's very deliberate. Because the very last line is whoever, not wherever. Yeah, maybe just, you know, don't try and be an arrogant so-and-so to impress the cool kids all the time. Maybe just be you and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe then you won't be an asshole who would mm-hmm. be really bad for Sadie. So yeah, Lars is homesick. Oh. He initially gets angry, then he cries. And that's the point that Sadie starts to be a bit, oh no, what have I done? Mm-hmm. Mm. Anyone got any thoughts on this? Well, I'm sure we can talk about it, but the only thing I've got is this is around the part when they kiss. Yeah, I put kiss followed by three question marks because I did not remember this happening. Yeah, it's very... I did. It's it's very much like arms around each other. They're making out. It's not just a gentle peck on the Mm -hmm. the lips. Mm -hmm. And then after this bit, 
there's a moment where Lars puts his arm around Sadie and Sadie kind of leans into it and like smiles. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting in that I never really noticed the first time around and I noticed it a lot more this time. This is the episode for showing Sadie being an asshole mm-hmm. Because, like, Lars is homesick. More than that, he's probably depressed. He uses a line that sounds very much like a description of depression. Do you ever get lonely even when there's people around? Mm-hmm. Like, Lars is vulnerable, alone, homesick, depressed... And Sadie, rather than using that as a moment to be like, look, let's, you know, I'll go deal with this, I'll, I'll get him home. She uses this as her opportunity to make out with Lars. Mm-hmm. And being, being honest, like, that's, that's not cool. Because she very clearly wanted, like, she has feelings for Lars. She takes advantage of Lars's vulnerable state to try and advance that, and that's really not cool. No. Lars doesn't initiate it, but it's obviously it's all she, under false pretenses. It, yeah, it's it's, it's it's manipulation. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. He he started it, but he was put into a situation that was like you were coerced into that situation. Absolutely, yeah. It's God. <laughs> one thing that I was just going to mention real quick is that um, there's a few episodes in this like set. That is all about the problems of not being honest with people you care about, mm. and how being dishonest can be damaging to your relationship That's with a good people. Point. So it's another instance of a theme being present that I didn't quite realise was there until mm-hmm. we watched the more. I realised because like the more we watched, the more I was like, "Hang on, this bit here is also mm. to do with being honest with uh, for, people you care the, about." The people just listening to the audio, Retro is like drawing like invisible strings behind the newspaper boards on the wall with her hand. It's <laughs> like everything's connected. Everything's connected. <laughs> it's Sneefle. Um, I often forget that people can't see me when I'm on a podcast. Yeah, this is the thing about like doing hosting things. Every so often, I close my eyes and I'm like, "Would I understand what's going on if I wasn't able to see anything right now?" Um, so yeah, going on to that whole like issues with Sadie in this episode, she completely dismisses Lars's anger um, at being put through this. Mm-hmm. When when the monster turns up and she uncovers the warp pad so they can walk back. Lars is understandably angry. He is... Oh, you might have just heard a little ping of a computer making a a noise. Don't worry about it. Um, But yeah, no. Lars gets angry and it's justifiable. He's been Mm -hmm. kept here against his will. He's been put in a situation where he has experienced negative emotions he didn't want to experience. He was made angry. He was made sad. He was... Well, he was gotten into a situation where the person who'd been manipulating him for days kissed him and he Mm -hmm. probably feels a bit used by that. Sadie tries to brush it off entirely. Yeah, she seems like she believes that she's justified in acting the way she did because it was for his own good in her mind. And she also kind of blames him as well. Like, mm. she starts hitting him and says, you kissed me on the mouth. Yeah, Yeah, which... And it's kind of like, yeah, but... (laughs) Yeah, well, you, you... Brought him out here and wouldn't let him go home and got him depressed and homesick, you know? What I like about this, though, is that there is no resolution where they kind of make up. Mm. Like, mm. it really... It, okay, I, disagree, I disagree <laughs> okay. with you, but we'll, uh, finish your thought and I'll well, throw in my, my side opinion, in. Going from the bit with the kiss, their kind of relationship basically 
developed dramatically to a point where we've not seen it before where they're you know it's like you said they're in like a passionate kiss but then by the end of the episode due to that betrayal they've reverted back to where they were at the beginning this is my issue is you're right that they've reverted back to where they were at the beginning by the end of the oh, episode but it, should, it should be that fair. it yeah. should have gone further the I other way is mean. that before the monster like you know Lars falls down the muddy hill and Sadie like murders the monster mm. Lars is Furious, He is sad and angry and scared and confused. And afterwards, you know, Sadie doesn't look at Lars, presumably because she feels guilty. Lars is still very much like, oh, you, you, you did, you did good. And he's like smiling and positive in his tone of voice. Mm. He's, he's back to that baseline. He's not, you know, I'm going to go and kiss you again. But he completely seems to forget the anger and the sadness and those don't seem to impact his lasting relationship with Sadie. And that kind of annoyed me, that we don't at any point see, like... Because this this episode reminded me a lot of if we skip forward to where Pearl eventually um, has a similar moment where she sort of uses illicit scenarios in order to fuse with Garnet... Mm. It reminded me a lot of that. And the the big difference and why I prefer the Pearl Garnet thing when we get there is that we see a visibly strained relationship for several episodes between Pearl and Garnet as a response. And I think it didn't, this episode didn't annoy me when I first saw it, but knowing that the creators are capable of like their Pearl and Garnet mm. strained relationship moment, it makes me kind of sad we don't get that here between Sadie and Lars. It also shows that there's no repercussions. Yeah. And, and like just last going back to being like, yay, we're all good because you saved me and we're friends again. But it kind of, I don't know, it seems kind of unrealistic yeah. in that way. I wonder how much of it is down to, at this stage in the show's life, there was less continuity. Like we have had some, we've had the Lapis mm. episodes. Yeah. But there's still a lot less continuity but at this point. They clearly had some like long term plan stuff as we keep talking about with like all the, the hints to Garnet mm, being a fusion and things. True. Like they were trying to think long term about their direction for the show. Yeah, it just it annoys me that we don't get any kind of Yeah resolution to that. I, I agree. It is there should have been some, ideally, mm. considering what happens. The, the other thing I wanted to say about this is that um no, it's completely gone. Who else has got a thought? And I'll come back to this when I remember it. I've got one. Um, just on. when Sadie is tackling the invisible monster, Stephen shouts, use your fish murdering skills. So he counts it as murder when she is killing the fish for them to eat. It's a hyper-empathetic character. Yeah. I had not made that link, but... Yeah. yeah, she kills the monster in the same way she caught the fish by stabbing the... Yeah, but he, he does say, use your fish murdering skills. Yeah. And he actually uses the word murdering. So it, mm. it, Well, we see he's very uncomfortable with the idea yeah. that he killed the fish. So I think it's uh, very telling of Stephen that he's not comfortable in hurting anything, mm. Mm. which is very cute. Also, this monster is killed in an incredibly gruesome way, but because it's invisible... They can get away with it. Yeah. yeah. Like, it has a spear pushed in, and then Sadie pushes it further down, and we see it stick yeah. further into its body, and then it poops. Steven Universe is very good at um, finding creative ways to do gruesome deaths. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I think if that wasn't invisible, and it was, we saw a spear stabbed in, and then slowly kind of pushed further yeah. inside mm-hmm. its body as it screams, 
that seems like it might be pushing yeah. it a bit. Oh, I remembered what the thing was I wanted to say. Mm. So I said a couple of times earlier in, in the podcast when um, we had a couple of episodes where Lars was being particularly arsehole to Sadie that I didn't think that they made a good couple, at least at this stage, that they shouldn't be together. Mm. I think this episode is the, the other side of it where it's like... Sadie's not necessarily good for Lars. No, they're not good for either. Neither of them is really mature enough to have a proper relationship. And it's why I'm kind of glad that we never... or that To my memory, we don't get any kind of follow-up to that kiss they have in this episode. I don't think so. Not as far as I can recall. Yeah, because it's just like, no, right now you're both as bad as each other in, in... some regards Mm. you're both not really good for each other it seems that they're kind of destined to end up together but i would like it if they didn't or at least if it wasn't until some kind of time skip or something there's a bit of me that's been thinking for a while that that's where steven universe is going to go is we're going to get some kind of time Um, skip or something at some point like a ben 10 kind of like everyone's a bit taller i I'm mainly thinking Stephen as the protagonist before we reach our end game is probably going to be slightly older by the time we reach the the end point. That would be interesting. It's a it's a thought I've had, not based on any kind of logic, just based mm. on a weird gut feeling. But... I could see that. I mean, there's reasons to do it in terms of the production because it's an excuse to release new merchandise, and yeah, Stephen exactly. Universe does have lots of merchandise now. So. Um. Well, not as you couldn't make as much new merchandise as you could with most shows because half the cast just don't age. <laughs> this is true. true. But yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you could have the new Stephen branded stuff. Yeah, the gems over that time skip got some new outfits. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking back to like in the 90s or like late 80s with like um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where like yeah. a big reason the show was successful is because it just made a ton of money on toys. And you know, just constantly introducing new characters. It's a big part of how Steven Universe is continuing to go right now because, like, honest observations, um, a lot of its fan base are adults who are not watching that show live as it airs. It's a, mm-hmm. a lot of it is adults who are watching it through less than legitimate means, but are later supporting the show through merchandising. Yeah, which and yeah. That balancing act is like, hey, anything that gets those people buying another batch of merchandise is probably mm-hmm. beneficial for the show's long-term existence. Well, that always reminds me of the Green Lantern TV show, where it got good ratings, it got really good reviews, and then Cartoon Network said, right, we are cancelling it. Mm. And the studio said, well, why? The ratings are good, reviews are good. And they said, well, um, we can't sell any of the toys. Yeah. So that's well, it. <laughs> am I am I right that for a while Steven Universe was internet aired exclusively as opposed to showing on their actual TV channel? I think that's a thing. Know. I believe that was a thing for a while because of their their viewing numbers. Okay. So I may be wrong. Don't you know? I'm not going to fact check while we record. <laughs> that's too much work, but. Yeah, that's a thing I believe was the case. They're um, definitely aware at this point that they have the online audience. Like, the yes. Cartoon Network Twitter account will tease episodes. Yeah, like they, they're, they're aware that they're speaking to they an older audience. They put chunks of their episodes up on YouTube the day yeah. after the episode airs. Like, songs will be up the next mm-hmm. day. Um, I think they're definitely, Tumblr also does teasers. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely, they know where their fan base is and they're mm-hmm. utilising it. And it is not where kids are. Yeah. So, anything else we'd like to say about this episode... Just one that Stephen trusts far too easily. 
Like, he doesn't mm. suspect Sadie of doing any wrongdoing at all until it's pointed out by Lars. Mm. And his response is, what? That's true. He's very surprised to learn that Sadie has done this. Yeah. He had no, like... Well, to be fair, it's fairly out of character for... Well, not necessarily out of character. The motivations make sense, but it's... The idea of her doing something not, malicious is... It's not the kind of thing we've ever seen before, mm. even if the motivation's there. Mm. Mm. Um... So yeah, that's everything I had on this one. I'm done. One thing, I haven't written it down, but I just remember, Stephen em- embraced it the most out of all of them. And I wonder where the hell his pants went, because by the <laughs> end he was wearing just like a skirt mm-hmm. made of leaves. Um, when you're Stephen, you don't, where we're going, we, do, we don't need pants, <laughs> I suppose. Was um, that a Back to the Future reference? I, I was trying to make one and... It, <laughs> it kind of worked. I got it, it at least. It semi-worked. Um, <laughs> it was a little bit forced, I know. Um, so the next episode up on the list is episode 31, Keep Beach City Weird. The first, like, proper Ronaldo episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so we start this episode off with a game of Steven Tag happening and I think this is the only time I can think of in which Garnet properly shapeshifts. Yeah, into somebody else entirely. Yes. Yeah. But because it, it's the rules. Yeah, like, it's... Because we saw her do the big hand thing before. Yeah, they revealed in the last batch of episodes yeah. that she can change her form. And this shows that she can change it, like, completely. Because yeah. obviously Stephen is short and kind of squishy, but Garnet is totally not. Yeah, yeah <laughs> she can reduce her dimensions to fit a new shape Mm -hmm. and that's like okay you can transform into a completely different person of different dimensions that's something we don't generally see her do no and i wonder how much of that is like no she's comfortable with who she is because (laughs) she's a relationship and whatnot Mm -hmm. well they imply don't they that the gems choose their forms yeah Mm -hmm. to an extent and i assume garnet's generally very like I'm comfortable with my form. I can, I can change it, but, you know, why would I need to? I like, I like well, we know that the first time they fused, they did not look like that. Yeah, they mm-hmm. look a lot more like 80s, like crap. Yeah, like, and lots of, like, splodgy colour. It was splodges of, like, baby blue and baby yeah, pink. And pink yeah. it, it's a lot closer to the two distinct colours of the component fusion characters, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that was, oh, they're still a bit unsure about what they are and now, therefore. No, no shades either, the first yeah. time. Mm-hmm. No need to be reserved about, you know, who they are yet. Yeah, the original characters don't wear shades, do they? No. no. I hadn't thought of that, but they do. Yeah, don't. the shades are all organic. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when she refuses on the end of season one, she she does the hand motion and the, and shades, the shades appear. And the shades come down. Yeah. Yeah. They're a conscious choice yeah. in the shades. Um, <coughs> apologies. I My throat is killing me today. Um, Ronaldo is investigating gem stuff. He doesn't know that's what he's doing, but he's investigating the remnants of things that the gems did that mm-hmm. are like, oh, the town's weird. I want to momentarily mention his weirdometer. It appears to be a plate that he has drawn, like, coloured sections onto and placed a marble onto, and he slightly tilts the plate in order to get the marble to go into the coloured sections to indicate yeah. what he needs indicated. He, he clearly knows it's not doing anything, and he's doing it for Stephen's benefit. I, I don't know whether he's doing it for Stephen's That's benefit. That's what I was just going to say. if he's doing it because this is part of his... his He's just very into the whole thing. It's what he enjoys doing. Okay. And he likes to maybe play the part a little bit. Yeah, like, I think... A part of what he's doing, at the very least, is it's make-believe. 
Yeah, he's he's having fun with you know harmless make believe that yeah. involves a plate that he molds that rolls a marble around on. Like I didn't, I got the impression that even if Stephen hadn't been there, he'd still be using yeah, his weird armor. I could see that. Um, so the crux of this episode is the dollar bills in Stephen Universe have snakes and diamonds on them. The world is under their control. No, not the diamonds. The snake people. <laughs> almost. Almost. Ronaldo was almost there at the start of the episode. There's diamonds, there's snakes. Clearly the snakes are in control. Does the American dollar have a diamond on it? Or no. It's, 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 it, the reason the, uh, the diamond is upside down is to more closely resemble a pyramid, I think. To look like oh, the, the weird yeah. Illuminati eye um, pyramid. Because that's the, the, the shadow government controlling everything. <laughs> as as and, we all know, it's a reference yeah. to the Illuminati. Obviously. Yeah, the Illuminati are lizard people. Um, that's why this episode's so funny, because he's like, he mistook lizard people for snake people, which is ridiculous. Yeah, how, how dare you assume that everything's controlled by snake people? It's lizard people. Everybody you, knows that. You need arms to control the shadow government. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's so obvious. Yeah, how, how are you going to control the shadow government with vestigial arms mm-hmm. that, that do not function? I've only ever seen an American dollar once and I was like 10. Nah, people mainly think like the pyramid that has an eyeball or something in it. They're like, oh, mm. it's, it's the, the, the organization that runs everything. <laughs> um, so I, let me know if I'm running ahead here and if there's something I've sort of moved past that you That's want to fine. talk about. We can jump so, around. Um, Stephen has the realisation, thanks to the gems, that, yeah, they caused all of this stuff and he should probably let Ronaldo know it's not snake people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's also kind of the first time that we have proper continuity where they actually reference yeah, the things, all the different events. The things he's finding in the town are things from earlier episodes. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. the, the gems' actions do have lasting consequences mm-hmm. that shape that world, which get more notable as the show goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'm just going to say this. Ronaldo's reasoning of not believing uh, observable facts reminded me a lot of recent political rhetoric yeah, around fake facts and Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. I um, have a note about that as well. But yeah. said, the truth is is about more than minor facts. Yeah, um, yeah. The the things that you can observe are the op- they're not the truth. They're like the opposite of truth. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it basically was the ignore the observable evidence and the facts and the, the logical reasoning. It's how because like, I want to believe this, so that's what I believe. Yeah, it was like, with enough belief, you can make something true. Yeah. it. I wish I'd made more notes of that, like, I transcribed more of that while we were watching, but it did just all play, like, scarily yeah. close to modern political rhetoric. I think it was Ronaldo that said this. Again, it's been there's been a gap between recordings, so I can't quite remember what I was noting. But it says maybe the truth isn't what you thought it was. I yeah. think it might have been Stephen actually to Ronaldo. But it's it's all on the same theme. It's yeah. Been like, hey, do you believe the truth about the government, or do you believe the government are um, secretive, malicious snake people? Well, I think there's basically two themes to this episode around Ronaldo's character. The first is that. He's using evidence of something to be evidence of something else that he wants to believe. Yeah. Which is what we're saying. The other point is that it's about making himself feel important because otherwise Mm -hmm. he feels insignificant. Exactly. And I think that's the whole thing for Ronaldo is he's not trying to find what's correct. 
He's trying to find something that makes him feel important for his involvement. Yeah, because when he finally realises that he's been tricked and none of it's real, his reaction isn't, oh, it's false. His reaction is, I'm not at the centre of anything. Yeah. That's what hurts him. And I think, like, it definitely hurts him being in Beach City, a place where clearly something bigger is going on. Mm. And he wants to believe it's something that he could be a part of, that maybe he could be the hero of. Because he's living in a town where, like, he's got to be aware that Stephen is living with magic people and that this is, like, hey, Stephen's on his adventure to become, like, the big important person to the world. Maybe I can discover the snake people. Yeah, well, clearly things are happening. Like, the ocean disappeared. Yeah. (laughs) Big things are happening. That's the kind of thing you could blame on a shadowy um, lizard government. Mm. Sorry, snake government. Sneeple. Sneeple. Um, I also find it funny that, like, in much later episodes... Once he actually knows what's going on and kind of recognises it, it's rock people. We eventually get there to rock people. Yeah, in Rocknaldo, I think that's called. Rocknaldo, yeah. Um, so Ronaldo is heartbroken at the realisation that it was all gem stuff in the first place. And he shuts down his blog again. Now, I would have to flick back over pages to note this, but I think this is maybe the third time he's shut down his blog in, like... It seems like it's at every ten episodes or so he shuts down his blog. Mm-hmm. And it is a recurring thing. Yeah. Which every time he boots it back up because he's like, okay, in the moment I was I was unhappy, but I want to have my blog. Mm-hmm. One thing I found really cool, when he is making the cast of the creator on the beach, when he lifts it up, it looks like Stephen in Carbonite. Yeah, I yeah. think that is a Star Wars yeah. reference. It looks very Carbonite-ish. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so Stephen feels bad, he's broken Ronaldo's heart, and he decides to become Snake Stephen. <laughs> yeah, just to make him feel better. Yeah, so he turns up to the uh, the, the fry, the, the fish and chip place, or whatever it is, and um, ah, the snake people are controlling the government, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> And Ronaldo, seeing his evidence that he was right, acts with a surprising level of competency. Yeah, he seems to be happy that he's right more yeah. than a terrified of the yeah. existence it's also of very existence harsh. Mm, he boxing him with a potato. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he has no fear in the face of that moment. It's this is my moment to to grab mm. my claim to fame. I will bash you over the head with a potato and steal you. <laughs> that is funny. Um, I want to mention just before that, um, when Pearl is talking to Stephen about why he is upset. Oh, the incredibly dark. She's um, so yeah. mean. But she's been really mean about like humans' short lives and how they're insignificant and everything. And she's not taking into account that Stephen is part human. Yeah, like it's kind She's of a... saying this to someone who is part of that. Yeah, but you're part gem as well, it's fine. It just, it felt really mean. It's, it's like, oh, you have a short, insignificant life, and yeah. therefore... It's, it's a running theme that comes up so many times before and after this, of just... Pearl may live on Earth, but she really does, still does not, like, no. actually like humans. No. She, she views them as just completely irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah... Ronaldo ends up having Stephen. He tries to interrogate him, and PT is behind him, like I'm scared. Oh, yeah. Oh my god! You caught a, a snake person. Like you're my big brother. You probably know what you're doing. You've been talking about snake people, and there's a person that looks like a snake. Okay, I'll I'll 
I'll defer to you for the second. The gems turn up to try and rescue Stephen because it's very clearly Stephen. And we have my favourite Ronaldo moment. Psychic ghost powers <laughs> activate. <laughs> he seems fairly confident that it's actually going to work. Mm, yeah, I wonder how many times he's tried to activate his psychic ghost powers mm-hmm. before. Plus also, we don't know for a fact they won't work. Because he's interrupted by the gems attacking him. Mm-hmm. For all we know, given a couple more seconds, he'd have activated his psychic ghost powers. <laughs> I do love how this moment is treated as if it's serious. Like, well, the gems turn up, all three of them turn up to rescue yeah. them from Ronaldo. Yeah. Well, to be fair, the gems are aware that Steven is part human, but he can use, he can do, like, magic and stuff. For all they know, Ronaldo can use powers. <laughs> Ronaldo has the confidence in that moment. If I was a gem, I'd be like, wait, does Ronaldo have powers? Oh shit, what are we going to see? Oh no. <laughs> I think Garnet clearly knows, though, because the way that she says hello when she, she breaks in and goes, hello. She's, and she's that's not just how she responds. Yeah. Um, also, Ronaldo is very confused because he has no idea that it's Steven. Yeah, he wants to believe so badly that he's kind of putting blinders on yeah. and That's ignoring the it, facts. He, he wants to believe it so much, he misses what is obvious. Yeah, even to the point that when Stephen is released and he takes off the top <laughs> half of his snake person outfit mm-hmm. and he's just wearing snake legs, Ronaldo's reasoning isn't oh, it was you in that costume, it's, wait, when did the snake people get to you? They've turned your legs already. <laughs> <laughs> He goes for the answer that fits what he wants to believe rather than the answer that's most obvious. Yeah. Um, something, just it's something that was in the background that made me laugh. Um, like, Mulder in X-Files has the poster in the background that says, I want to believe. Yes. He has a poster like that, but it just says believe. Which is the UFO, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, another reference that kids are not going to get. Yeah, it's, <laughs> which I really like. I think there's a, an important difference between those two as well, which is mm-hmm. like, I want to believe is like, the evidence suggests that it like suggests one thing and I'm sceptical yeah, like, but I wish I wasn't sceptical I have fear but this yeah. is just like believe whereas <laughs> yeah Ronaldo's is the evidence might be against you believe anyway mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's similar mentalities on differing sides um so Ronaldo's heartbroken again he realises that he was not a, he hasn't discovered the existence of snake people oh. and I think P.T as the younger brother here sees his older brother's passion and tries to restore it. And yeah. it's kind of transparent. Like, Ronaldo has to see that this is P.T., like, trying to cheer him up. Yeah, like, and, oh, maybe you've not thought of this? Yeah, he cares for a second. Like, mm-hmm. there's a second or so that Ronaldo seems patronised, yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, you know what? Okay, you're willing to, to, to join me on my, my, you know, make-believe thing? Sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Also, no, Ronaldo doesn't live with uh, the rest of the family. He's clearly living alone by himself. He owns a lighthouse, seemingly. <laughs> I took that to be that he's using the lighthouse as kind mm. of his HQ sort of thing, but he's well, still yeah, living he, with his... We have uh, seen him in the in his parents' like well, um, fry shop and stuff before. Yeah, we've seen him in the fry shop, which is presumably where he works. The only time I'm aware of us seeing him in his parents' house is as a child. 
In my head, he lives in the lighthouse house. Okay, I took it to be that he's using the lighthouse because nobody else is using yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I thought, that he's using it as kind of like a clubhouse for his mm. keep mm. Beach City weird sort of thing. Possibly. Because I know we see him there, like, on mo- the movie night episode that comes up in a while. Yeah. Like, that happens there. Like, it's yeah, more it than just his... He clearly uses it a lot. Yeah. Um, so then we get probably the biggest... Um, <laughs> hint at things to come that I think all of us were a little bit shocked by. Yeah. Wow, okay. Because yeah. um, this is one of those things that because Ronaldo seems to be just making stuff up off the top of his head, no one took him seriously. Mm-hmm. But with hindsight, we're aware of the uh, the accuracy of I know what the diamond means. Polymorphic sentient rocks. They're here to hollow out the earth. They're part of the great diamond authority. Which, yeah, well done. That's Correct. Yeah, Stephen, uh, Ronaldo worked it out before any of us did. Yeah, like, is that like a reference to the cluster? Well, that's what I'm assuming. Yeah, like, which is, is a long way yeah, away from he's, happening. He's worked out that the diamonds and the gems are space rocks that can change their form. Mm-hmm. Um, the diamonds are intending to hollow out the Earth, and that there are more than one diamond. The the, the ruling structure of the space <laughs> society is the diamonds. He also mentions that. Because he refers to them as people from the eighth dimension. I was curious if there was anything to that. Um, I don't know about like the eighth dimension or whatever, but one thing that he says about them is they are a worker society, not capable mm. of such organisation. I did wonder whether the, the worker society was referencing the lower structures yeah, of like rigid gem classes. That's what I thought. Like, That's, they're yeah. not capable of organising outside of their class systems. That's all yeah, I felt like. Like, they're not going to have an uprising unless the diamonds are telling them what to do. <laughs> yeah. Because that seems to be what that point yeah. was, is, oh, all of the, the, the gems aren't going to come and destroy Earth by themselves. But if the diamonds were involved, perhaps yeah. they would come hollow out Earth. Mm-hmm. And I think it shows that the crystal gems are more the exception than the rule. Yeah. In that people, they don't, well, not people, gems don't generally break their class yeah. systems. That seems to be what has we've, been implied. We've talked about time. this a few times on the yeah. show. I think that like gems suddenly discover they have additional powers when they you know, go outside their intended mm-hmm. purpose because mm-hmm. they just didn't know because yeah, they do like, what they're told. I think we mentioned it on either the last episode or the one before that, but um, maybe if they actually broke out of their, like, what's the word, assigned roles, that they I, I, could have an uprising. I think that's half of where the, the show's probably going. Yeah. But I think it's masterful redirection that they outlined this <laughs> in episode 30 and... Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone who picked up on, no. oh, what Ronaldo is doing right here is giving us an accurate like explanation of where the show is yeah. going going forward. He just, like, spoils upcoming plot. Just yeah. Like, he <laughs> spoils up to, like, season three, four stuff, where it's like, oh, the realisation of, oh, the cluster, mm-hmm. and the diamonds are behind the cluster. I feel like we have to pay more attention to Ronaldo from now yeah, on. Let's, I, I, I vote, if, if Ronaldo talks about something weird that would maybe make sense as a future plot line. <laughs> we pay attention. We maybe pay attention. Mm. Um, I want to get a t-shirt printed now that says Ronaldo was right. <laughs> I would wear a Ronaldo was right <laughs> shirt. Um, so that's everything I have for 31. What about both of you? That's everything for I me. I think that's everything I have. Oh, one tiny thing I was going to mention is that um, 
for whatever reason, they use a lot of anime effects on Ronaldo throughout this episode. <laughs> many, many times on his face, they use like... They also um, do the big sparkle eyes yeah, when he turns eyelashes. around. The they do like the shadowing. Well, the other episode we get in this batch where he turns up is also a very anime-inspired one. That's true. Is is it because he's a big nerd? Well, he does say that people are busy wasting their time arguing over dubs versus subs (laughs) instead of paying attention to the Sneeple. Yeah, exactly. Why are we, you know, the the, the internet message boards were invented to distract us from (laughs) Sneeple. So, yeah, from there we move on to 32, Fusion Cuisine. Um, So... Connie's mum won't let her watch bad medical TV shows because she's a doctor and she's like, no, this is this is not accurate. No, you're not allowed mm-hmm. to watch it. So Connie seemingly is using Stevens as a place to be like, I'm not allowed to do this. Stephen, let me do it. Yes, yeah, I can get away yeah, with it. I can house. get away with it here because your dad's not around and your, your mum's a space rocks. They're not going to check in whether my mum yeah. says it's okay to watch this. It's, it's something that kids do, you know, like, oh, yeah. my mum won't let me play this video game, so I'll play it yeah. in your house. yeah. I used to do that with my cousin's <laughs> video games. I'd be like, I'm not allowed to play this when I'm at home, so I'm going to play it here. I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling, but I, I went to Felix's house and played wrestling video games. Shout out to Felix. <laughs> Shout out to Felix, whose surname I don't remember, and you probably have no clue who I am, because I've not seen you in two decades, and I had a different name when we knew each other. You never know. Maybe he's a really big fan. Yeah, if you're a Steven out there that used to know someone with the surname Dale that you played wrestling video games with, Maybe it's me. Who knows? Um, so yeah, one thing I just that. wanted to say: the thing that you hear in the background with the TV show is how did his legs get into his brain? <laughs> <laughs> I would watch whatever that program me was. Too. Clearly, not very realistic. Yeah. Um, so Connie's mum calls <laughs> and. Connie very quickly explains, hey, I told my parents you had a mum. Uh, yeah, you have a mum. It's like, Stephen says, why didn't you tell them that my mum, you know, gave up her physical form when I was born? And she's like, I, I can't tell them that. They, you know, there are ways that Connie could have been honest about about that without having to mention magic. She could have just said Stephen's mum died during childbirth or when he was young or when he was born. Like, there are ways Connie could have been at least kind of honest about the situation rather than her seemingly weird choice to just outright lie (laughs) that he has a standard nuclear family. Well, this is the episode which is subtly about... Don't like the people. <laughs> well, it's about... What did I say these episodes were about? It's true. But it's it's about, you know, like, Sorry. I'm scared my parents are going to be... It's basically homophobic. It's basically mm. like, oh, I have a friend who doesn't have a mum and a dad, and I'm scared that my parents are going to freak out if they find out that yeah. you don't have a inverted commas, normal nuclear yeah. family. It's, so she makes up you know, the story to avoid yeah. having to... Because on the surface, she says it's about like the magic stuff, mm. but there is certainly a degree of, I'm afraid to tell my parents that you have like a weird lesbian <laughs> with the, like a, a bisexual poly family, mm-hmm. Essentially. and that that might not be okay. So it's like, you seem to have three mums and a dad, and I'm confused, so I can't yeah. tell my parents so that. Gar- Garnet is given the phone, <laughs> and she says, um, oh, the children, they're playing swords. Oh, sorry, they're playing with swords. 
and Connie is no longer allowed to visit because I, I like that Garnet's thing is they're playing with swords and ultimately that is where Connie's progression path goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm, is that sure. she ends up being a sword fighter and like Garnet was on to something. Maybe she knew that's where things were going. Future I also vision. like how that phone call ended because she goes, they're bleeding. Oh no, they're dead. <laughs> the children are dead. And then she ends the call and just hands it back to Stephen and goes, I panicked. Didn't she say, like, don't call again or something? Yeah, don't call here again. <laughs> Put the it, phone down. It, it's interesting that some that she, as someone with future vision who can see the outcomes of events, panics in a social interaction. Yeah, again, so all gems are autistic. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think she's lying about panicking. <laughs> I wondered how much of it is her just... Trying to force a resolution to yeah. this, like, oh, yeah. okay, you're gonna have to confront this. Let's just force mm-hmm. it now. Because she seemed far too calm when she said, "I panicked." Yeah. Before we move on, one thing I think is really cool and nice little moment when Connie's watching um, TV, she has her glasses up because yeah. she doesn't need them. As soon yeah. as her mum rings, she pops her glasses down. I did mm-hmm. not catch that. That's really interesting. Yeah, because as we know from this episode, yeah. she wears her glasses around her mum. Her mum can't even see her, and it's it's clearly that ingrained in her process now mm. of, I'll put my glasses on when mum's around. Yeah. So I just think it's really nice that yeah. she does that kind of anxious sort of, oh, it's mum, yeah. can't put the glasses on. I, I'm i sad that I didn't notice that now, and I now kind of want to watch back and see that <laughs> little watch moment. it after this again. Um, so, I think it's a really sweet moment we get after this, where... Stephen initially, for a couple of seconds, considers the idea of just bringing one of the gems as his mum. And he doesn't want to do that because it would be dishonest. They're all his Mm mum. And he goes through and explains what kind of mum each one of them is. And it's like, Garnet is sensible and control mum, but not great at conversation. Amethyst is fun mum that does eat food, but (laughs) also has a stream of snot, like her entire arm length going mm. on and Pearl is like oh you're a mum mum except you don't eat and mm-hmm. that's not great well doesn't he say on the phone when Connie says that um, she when she explained that he has one mum and one dad Stephen says you should have said I had yeah is he, does he say you should have said I had none or three yeah I like yeah. it because it shows that one, he sees all the gems as kind of his mom's. Yeah. But also that he hasn't really thought about it before until that moment yeah. where he's kind of like, oh, like, are they mom's? Like, I think that's from not being around kids his own age, though. Yeah. And not going to normal school. Yeah, because to him, that's what his family is. And I don't think he has consciously thought about them in that role before. Yeah. Like, Greg is dad. That's established. Yeah. But in terms of mom, I think he's not really thought he's, about it until He's at moment. least aware of the duality of... I had a mum who's not here, mm. but that doesn't mean that these three aren't also my mum, kind yeah. of. Yeah, and I like that that's taken as a really smooth transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not this moment where he kind of frantically wonders, like, you know, it's just kind of like, oh yeah, you should have said all three, because that's what they are to yeah. So I think, there's one thing I think is really interesting here, is that Stephen's aware he can't just bring one of them because all of them have flaws to bringing them. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to be dishonest. And he's nervous about this whole situation. So he gets all three of them to fuse into one being so he can bring this giant fused gem that's clearly not human to dinner. Um, 
Stephen doesn't worry about bringing a giant mum to dinner, but does worry about having three poly mums. Yeah. He would rather have a giant, clearly inhuman creature for a With mother six arms. than admit to, I have three women that are all my mum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the giant woman with six arms fits inside this kind of like rigid one mum, one yes. dad. Those but, are the only rules. Yes, I, I, I may have a giant space alien for a mum. But at least there's only one of her and she's with my dad and therefore mm-hmm. it's a straight relationship that's very simple and monogamous. And yeah. Yeah. Also they call it oh, them, Alexandrite. Mm-hmm. Is that a, an actual like... It is, a, it is a type so. of gem, yeah. Like I wasn't sure if that was its actual name because I didn't know if it was just Greg like slipping up. No, I believe it is an actual gem. I um, want to look this up. In the same vein as, like, Garn, it is a, a gem that exists. Mm. Not yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That isn't, like, technically a ruby sapphire fusion, but just is it's a separate gem. gem. I is believe it a gem in our world? Same. I believe Alexandrite is a, is a gem in our world. Okay, then. Um, I believe so far all of the gems that have come up yeah, in the show have been actual that's gems. That's why I figured it, and I just I wasn't yeah. sure if Alexandrite I, was or if that was... I just assume so. Um, the one of those that annoys me is Lapis Lazuli, because it seems like a first and last name combo, so I type Lapis Lazuli when I need to search the character without writing Steven Universe, because I gave a last name. <laughs> but Lapis Lazuli is the actual name of the gem. Yeah. I have done that before. So, and then it's just a picture of loads of gems, and you're like, that's not what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, Steven's clearly not good at lying, or t- doing no. so discreetly, mm-hmm. because when he lies, he excitedly shouts his lies. Um, yeah. My mum works on an apple farm! <laughs> if he's, like, proud of the lie. Yeah. yeah. He's, like, he's ah, proud that he's successfully thought. thought of something. They met on a roller coaster! <laughs> she was too tall to ride! <laughs> I love how he does that one, because he's like, oh, crap, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, she uses her arms to pick the apples! <laughs> it, it... it I'm going to mention it again. Plays into autistic spectrum thing. He's, he's mm-hmm. not good at lying. <laughs> he, he, has to, he has to think actively about how to do it. Instead of that Stephen is autistic. Stephen is here. autistic, possibly, maybe. Theme tune. Um, <laughs> um, oh, one thing that we learn is that Greg actually owns the car wash. I thought he just worked there. Good point. And if he owns it, how the hell is he still so poor? Because it's a very small town. This is true. There aren't many cars. No, and presumably he's like not making much of a profit on it because, again, small town, you know. Still, in this economy, owning property, not bad. Well, Why doesn't he... he just live in the car wash? I think I'd be living inside rather than rather in a van. van. Yeah. Mm. He doesn't own the storage locker as well. Yeah, exactly. Greg's actually, like, by my standards, Greg's fairly well off. Yeah, Greg owns a van. He doesn't rent it, he owns it. He's had it for By 20 years and he's got stuff painted he's on the side. Rich. Like, if there's stuff <laughs> painted on the side, he owns it. So he owns a van. He owns a car wash. When when we say owns a car wash, possibly he's just the, the person at the top of the chain, like the manager or whatnot, maybe. It's still pretty good. It's still pretty good. Owns, like, a storage locker full of... Bizar- he's doing... No, they do say that he owns the car wash in the conversation. They don't say, like, he manages a car mm. wash. It's he owns a car yeah, wash. Yeah, by, by broke millennial standards. Yeah, but well, well. I wouldn't give to own a business. Mm-hmm. I'd be very Own happy. a vehicle. Yeah. And own a storage locker. Like, I dream of those things. Yeah. Those are well outside of my You know, mind. it's not ideal having to live in a van. Yeah, how about all three of us just move into a van and then we can have all those things? 
as long as we can get a decent <laughs> internet connection with which and like mains plugs, I'm totally up for living in a van. Well, mm-hmm. I don't have the money to buy a car wash though, so I mean, even a van is well outside of. <laughs> if you want to help the stream of owning a van. Go to patreon.com forward slash Mia Violet. Or forward slash Laura K. Buzz. Bo- both of those. Go give us money so we can move into a van together. <laughs> that can be a new Patreon goal. Like, just how, a podcast how, van. How much do we need to earn on a monthly basis before we can justify purchasing a Crystal Clodcast van? Could we sure. get, like, decals on the side and everything? If, if we purchase we a van with Patreon funds, sure, we'll put Crystal Clodcast that in, would in a big decal amazing. on the side Then the we van. can go on a podcast tour around the country in the van. <laughs> go make this dream a reality, everyone. <laughs> um, Wait, can any of us drive... I will learn to drive if, if we own a van. I can't drive. That would be the motivation I would need to learn to drive. I would be able to get it to move, but I'd have to have someone with a license in the car or it'd be illegal. Um, so, anyway, uh, Connie, like, it, it becomes obvious that, um, you know, the fusion falls apart, um, Pearl's not good at eating, doesn't want to eat the food. Um, it becomes obvious that Stephen has not a traditional family unit, if that wasn't obvious already. Mm-hmm. And Connie gets mad at Stephen trying not to lie. Um, we get the moment where Connie's like, okay, I need to see you inside for a second. Sorry, this is before the fusion falls apart. I mm-hmm. got my order muddled slightly there. Connie drags Stephen aside and goes, what are you doing? Like, well, the, and Stephen's response is just, I brought all three of my mums, because then I wouldn't be lying. Yeah, she says, what is this thing that you brought to dinner? Yeah. And Stephen says, it's my family. Yeah, it's 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 the only time I'm aware of where she, like, others and distances Stephen's family set mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Um, the thing that I really like about this is that Stephen doesn't care that his family isn't what is considered normal. Yeah. It's his family. Yeah, and he wants... Like, his concerns are, I want to not lie, bring all of my family to dinner, and get to keep seeing Connie. Yeah. And she gets furious at him for this. And, yeah. like, Stephen voices his concern of, is the problem that you're ashamed of me? Are you ashamed mm. of my family setup? Are you ashamed of the life I live? Are you ashamed of me? And she doesn't stop then to say, no, of course not, this is what's going on. She goes, oh, just forget it. And she dismisses his concern. Like, let's just get through dinner. And they have to go sit back down with Stephen being like, I was concerned that you're ashamed of me and you didn't dispute that. And he now has to get through dinner that way. Mm-hmm. That's really mm-hmm. nasty. I agree. I forget that Connie has such a nasty episode yeah, here. It's, it's, I think... Connie's she's... also not used to being around people and she's got very strict parents, well, so I don't also, think she's getting it either. She's underestimating her own parents' level yeah. of acceptance. Yeah, she's showing. She's kind of expecting the worst. She's showing how much she sees Stephen's life and family as weird Mm. and different by being so incredibly overboard and trying to hide it. Yeah, and as they say, eventually, like we're not concerned by you being friends with someone with three mums and a dad and whatnot. We're concerned that you lied. Mm -hmm. Um. I think it's really telling that they have this conversation with her about, like, we, we wish you just hadn't lied to us. Like, we're not freaked out by the, the, st- the stuff over here. We just want you to be honest. She doesn't use that as an opportunity to be honest about her glasses. No, that's still a no. while away, isn't it? She keeps that quiet until well into season two, I think. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so, yeah, Connie still lies about her glasses. Um, Connie suggests that they all run away. Um, yeah. And Stephen, being the immature person he is, is like, sure! Why not? <laughs> Connie, it's Connie who convinces Stephen, like, she yeah. starts it. Stephen just happily goes yeah. along with the plan. Maybe we'll but end up at an Well, Stephen is always been taught to f- go along with the plan. Well, he does this again with Amethyst later on. Yeah. yeah. Amethyst runs away and he happily goes along. Yeah, he, he never makes the plan to run away by himself. Yeah. But he'll run away with other people. Mm-hmm. But I think that's partly... Um, could even be the gem inside of him following rules. Mm. Like, the thing with Garnet, you didn't obey. Yeah. Mm. It's it's interesting. Um, so eventually, Alexandra Alexandrite uh, retrieves Connie and Stephen, just chases them down on the road. Like, where are you going? <laughs> it's also another um, thing where all three of them come together for Stephen. That's what yeah. I mean. Like. They had broken apart, but <laughs> all three of them merged, merged, fused. Again. Presumably when Garnet goes, wait a second, future vision, oh god, they're on a bus. <laughs> exactly, and it manages to keep them together long enough to pick yeah. up the bus and be like, where do you think you're going? Yeah, it's another thing, fusion being where they have to all be focused on when yeah. they're asking up one mind. When they start arguing, they break apart, and like you say, when, yeah. they're, when they're, they all want to get Stephen back, that's when they confuse again, because mm-hmm. they're all focused on that one task. Um, I think it's really telling that when Alexandrite brings Stephen back, the parenting is not done by Alexandrite. They they unfuse into their three mm, separate components yeah. so they can do their three separate styles of parenting. Yeah. Um, and they do this in full view of Connie's parents who are like, oh, okay, you've got a relatively good spread of like parenting techniques, you know. I'm a, bi- I'm a big fan of the thousand years in no TV bit. <laughs> You know, you, you got this under control. You, yeah. you're, you're stable parents, it's fine. We'll, we'll we'll happily have our kid, you know, be at yours. It's all cool. Yeah, it's nice because it's a moment where they kind of bond over mm. that kind of like, oh yeah, what we do to discipline our kid is this thing and what you're doing is that thing. My, my favourite is um, after Garnet makes the 10,000 years of, of no TV or whatever mm. and Connie's dad is like, oh, that, that bit was hilarious. Garnet's response... All comedy is derived from fear. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Garnet. Uh, remind me never to get on your bad side. Um, so yeah, that's everything I have for this episode. I think we got everything. I just have one thing, which is, I thought it was really kind of cute how Stephen says, how could you do this to me? And the Greg, that's his name, says, because we love you, Stephen. It's like, oh. Yeah. Connie does eventually explain, like, I'm not ashamed of you. I'm concerned by my, like, nervous about my parents. I don't want my parents to not like you and then not be able to see you. Yeah. Because she's already seen, like, hey, my parents don't like this TV show, therefore I can't see this TV show. Mm -hmm. If they don't like you, I can't see you. Which is an understandable parallel for a child to make. Um... Mm -hmm. But yeah, episode 33 is next up. And this is a very different kind of episode. Garnet's universe. My first observation about this, when Stephen jumps down from the rafters onto Garnet, he uses the phrase Stephen Bomb. Mm-hmm. Which, which is later is, used. is now used as the 
I believe, the official term for when it's like, oh, we're going to drop like five Steven Universe episodes back to back days over a week. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, a Steven bomb. That's used on um, social media and marketing, etc. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it actually originates from an episode, which I had not written. The remembered. funny thing that I have written, the very first thing just says, Stephen floofs onto Garnet's hair. It, I have literally it's written true. floofs. I thought, <laughs> in my opinion, this is the first time we see that Garnet and Stephen have a special bond. Mm. Because we see Stephen kind of... He has been close to Garnet in the past, before this, and we see that he does obviously have a bond with all of the gems as a kind of yeah. as a unit. But here it really spells out, like, you no, know, Stephen and Garnet have something kind of special yeah. that the Gar- others don't have. Garnet humours Stephen in a way that most of the gems don't. Mm. Um, they're, they're, when he jumps down and he covers her eyes, and it's very clearly Stephen, he's like, ah, I've blinded you. Yeah. She goes, ah, tiny hands, my one weakness, <laughs> how did you know? Yeah. Like, she has this is the first time we really see her having fun with Steve. Yeah. You can tell by the tone of her voice that she is having fun. Mm-hmm. This is really fun to her and she's going along with it. It's not like in the last episode when she's talking to Connie's dad and she's saying everything kind of straight faced. And when she's on the phone, in this moment, she's clearly much more lighthearted and relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is someone that she is able to comfortably socially interact with. Um we then get the, like, hey, what do you think I did today set up? And Stephen imagines an anime slash video game mm-hmm. day in the life of Garnet. And that's the whole episode. That's the whole episode. Um, Garnet is friends with Hoppy and Hopper, the frog and rabbit, that both hop. Mm-hmm. Because Stephen apparently is so-so on his creativity. I do like that later on he mixes the names up. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, he lasers like, Hop- Hoppy, no, Hop- Hopper, what? <laughs> yeah, Garnet yeah. says the wrong name. Garnet obviously being voiced by Stephen. Yeah. yeah. One thing that I like is that you can tell that the characters of Garnet's day are voiced by the characters that we know from this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's pulling from what he knows. Yeah, like the frog is Pearl's voice. And the ninja rabbit is Amethyst. I hadn't twigged that, and now yeah. that's suddenly clicking in my head. Yeah, yeah, and the fox is Lars. They put on a different voice, but it is the same yeah. voice actor. Yeah. Well, like, the obvious one is Ringo being Ronaldo, because yeah, they share the a face. Mm. But, um... Yeah, I had I didn't notice it the first time I ever saw the episode, but upon re-watching it, because I was kept looking away, I was like, hang on, that sounds like Amethyst. Yeah. So then when I looked up and I was kind of like, oh, wait. Yeah. Amethyst was the one that I could hear that kind yeah. of made, made it click for But me. then it, it, there was one thing, I can't remember what it was, that Froggy or Hoppy or whatever the bloody hell his name <laughs> the was. The one. Yeah. Mm. He said something and I say he. Why am I giving a frog gender? They said something. They said something. And I was like, that's clearly Pearl's voice actress who is doing those lines. But yeah, I just noticed like the different people are voiced by people we know from... Oh, sorry, I just punched the laptop. That's all right, keep, keep going. <laughs> it's voiced by people from the normal episodes, which I really yeah. liked. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of video game and anime references in this oh, episode. Like, the first pair that I really noticed was... Um, First of all, someone in the creation of Steven Universe clearly has a love particularly for Nintendo consoles. Because mm. 
Stephen has a GameCube in his in his bedroom, but in this we clearly see a Wii U gamepad <laughs> used to register yeah. Dragon Ball Z style power levels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Garnet talks about the fact, or Stephen, the voice in Garnet talks about how Stephen is her favorite person, but she isn't strong enough to tell him. This tells us a lot about Stephen's view of Garnet and their relationship, because obviously it's... Stephen can feel they have some kind of bond. Garnet clearly does not... has not at any point said, we have some kind of special bond. Mm. But Stephen feel Like, Stephen... I feel like this is Stephen trying to verbalise to Garnet. I'm aware that there's a thing here, and I know that you don't always say it, but it's okay. I still get that we have a thing, yeah. and that's okay. it's okay if you don't feel up to talking about it. Mm, because it says something that, in his mind, the excuse for not being told it is, you know, Garnet saying she's not strong enough. Yeah. It's not Garnet saying, I don't want to, oh, you know, oh I'm too cool yeah. for that. It's, oh, I'm not strong enough. I want it's, to tell him it's, how it's, important he is. It's really sweet. It, it also suggests that Stephen has, like, a really healthy level of mental self-worth at least mm. in terms of like he doesn't look at Garnet and go like why would you think that I'm cool it's no Garnet really likes me and that's cool and mm. I like and, and you know you don't, mm. you might not say it and I'm not going to take that as a, a evidence you don't because you clearly do because mm. you're great it's also very Stephen that the uh, companions in there are uh, little animals mm. yes um, so well, I he has, he has lots of like Plushy bears and mm-hmm. yeah. that sort of animals. And, I, like Master of Ceremonies bear. Yeah. Oh, um, I do have one observation. Um, so, the two animals mm. that are much smaller than Garnet ask, hey, when do we get to meet Stephen? And Garnet says, um, Stephen isn't ready to meet you both yet. I couldn't help but feel like that was a re- like yeah. that was the show writers making a reference to Steve like it's not yet time for Stephen to meet Ruby and Sapphire yeah. because obviously Stephen doesn't know about Ruby and Sapphire. It doesn't make sense in the canon of this episode for Stephen to be referencing yeah. that, but it feels like a nod from the showrunners of. I think so. There are two small characters that will eventually be revealed to Stephen by Garnet. Garnet. And again, they clearly knew they were going for the fusion (laughs) thing. I also like that the the gem of ultimate power is a diamond. It's a red diamond. (gasps) Oh, that's a really good point. I hadn't picked up on that. There, I don't think there's a red diamond amongst the diamonds. Not as not in the four that we know, because there's white, yeah. yellow, blue, pink. Pink is the closest. Yeah. You could go, like, red, dark, pink-ish. Unless <laughs> they confuse into a red diamond. Oh. <laughs> That's cool. So, uh, Ronaldo slash Ringo, who... He has, a, he has a, a fried onion ring. He works in the place that fries things. Um, he convinces them, hey, my gem was stolen, we've got to go get it back from the fox. So Garnet tries to beat up the fox and is defeated. So, training montage time. Um, Garnet makes huge weighted gauntlets to train. Again, like, very clear Dragon Ball Z. It's it's very much a Dragon Ball Z thing of weighted clothing. 
And she like collapses to the floor. She can't hold these <laughs> weighted gauntlets up. They're too heavy. And she looks at a picture of Stephen and pulls those fists up <laughs> and punches the air. And every punch she's growing by ten power levels. It's very Steven Universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very Dragon Ball Z. Of course it's very Steven Universe. It's Steven Universe. <laughs> I, yeah, go on, go, go on, Ritter. Um, One thing that I was going to say, like, the fox person that defeats Garnet at first, mm. um, as it's voiced by Lars, I'm kind of like, is that how Steven sees Lars as being this big, strong person? Oh, possibly. Well, we've seen before that he kind of looks up to Lars. Mm-hmm, Even yeah. he shouldn't. And Amethyst is like a cool ninja, and Pearl seems to just be a goofy frog. Um, but he does daydream a lot when Pearl talks. Is is the reason Ronaldo in this has magic powers because he tried to activate his psychic <laughs> ghost powers? Possibly. Exactly. This could just be because obviously it's very slanted on how Stephen yeah. sees the world. So mm. I think what's really telling about Garnet in this um, using Stephen as inspiration it harkens back to. Um, Stronger, uh, strong in the real way. Mm-hmm, Stephen's mm-hmm. whole bit of song is "I want to inspire you," and here he he, he, in, he is envisioning himself as Garnet's inspiration because being an inspiration to people is something he aspires to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's also the line at the end about how um, being strong is about love. Yeah, yeah. I have that written down, just which is a nice reference to end. that, and also yeah. to well, Garnet it wasn't present for that lesson being taught, so Stephen's going to teach it to her at some point. <laughs> um, so they get the ring, and it turns out, oh, the the fox, you know, was the protector of the ring, mm. uh, the 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 gem, and uh, we now have ultimate Ringo and the Ringo Zone, mm-hmm, which he I love the kid. He has his magical girl transformation, like Sailor Moon, and the apron turns backwards to be his mm-hmm. like fluttery apron. Uh, I I was unsure if the Ringo Zone was meant to be like the Phantom Zone, if this was some kind of like Superman reference. Yeah, I, th- I was trying to think what it could possibly be. Is it the Shadow Realm from Yu Gi Oh? Maybe. I hadn't thought of the Shadow Realm, but I kind of like the thought of it being a Shadow <laughs> Realm reference. Um. I also wondered if Ronaldo is being, well, Ringo, sorry, is the villain in this because Ronaldo kidnapped him in the last episode? He knocked him out with a potato. Two episodes earlier. Two episodes earlier. Yeah, this is my fault. Possibly. Because it is interesting that he is normally a friend, or at least friendly, but here he is the villain. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't choose anyone who's antagonistic towards him. Yeah, exactly. Um, Garnet has weighted hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more weighted. More, more weighted things. I think that's amazing. I, I we have bald garnet. I kind of like bald garnet with <laughs> weighted hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wondered if that's what Stephen actually thinks is going on with garnet. Does he actually think she's bald and can just take off her hair? Maybe. Who knows? It's not traditional hair in terms of its shaping. Maybe he's like, that's that's not hair. Um, so. Garnet gets out the picture to inspire her and Ringo turns it into an onion ring and eats it. And Garnet basically turns into a Super Saiyan. Because as we know from Dragon Ball Z, the angrier you get, the more powerful you get. Yeah, pretty much. She does the Vegeta, I'm angry, I'm gonna go mm-hmm. Super Saiyan moment. And uh, yeah, she she gets very, very powerful and her power level is unlimited and she murders Ringo and saves the day and everything's great because she learnt that the real power was love. Mm-hmm. I really like that she turns into kind of like a, a pink kind of gem when she does it 
because I think that's probably Stephen being that she's close to them. Obviously, his gem is pink. His mum's gem that's was pink. Point. I hadn't picked up on that. It's <clears throat> a good point. Yeah, like that's what I thought. Like it's Stephen kind of being like, well, it's closer to mm. me and my mum, and she's doing it for me. So therefore, yeah, that's what she turns into. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the end of the episode is just a nice little, like, oh, yeah, was that how, how your day was spent? Pretty much. Yeah? No. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right in that? Is this the only episode of Steven Universe that doesn't end with the star? It actually ends with the anime-style black screen, the end in the bottom I believe corner. it's the... it's the, mm. Well, there's a couple of exceptions. Like, there's also the, um, the punk music night one that okay. ends with the, like, the... The, the music and the like pictured credits and things. Oh yeah. So like there's a few where they do odd closes where they're but it's, it's it's a rare instance where they don't start white. Yeah. It basically they've followed through the whole anime theme right up until the last moment of the episode. Yeah. Um anything else on this episode or do we go to thirty four? That's me done. That was me done. Right, so this is our last episode of this of this episode. Is episode 34, Watermelon Stephen. I love um, this episode so much. It, it's a really sweet episode. So we, we open up with uh, Stephen and Greg bonding over watermelon seeds. <laughs> Just having a silly, goofy, low-stakes day of spitting seeds everywhere. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on this? It's nice because they're both clearly finding it as hilarious as each other. Yeah. It's yeah. not Greg humouring Stephen or the other around. They're both having an absolute blast. And Greg turns it into a competition mm. so that he can have even more fun. Um, we learn here that Rose could grow sentient plant life to protect herself. Very specifically, it was to protect her, not to... I think it's interesting that it's not to protect the crystal gems or to mm. protect humanity. It's, no, nah, she did it to protect herself. Yeah. Um, Stephen has no sense of the value of currency, which makes sense because he lives with the gems, not requiring money. He doesn't need a job. They don't have jobs that bring in income. His dad is the breadwinner and doesn't, you know, he doesn't have to think about where the money comes from. Because he makes reference um, shortly after this to a hundred pieces of money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when he wants to, well, he doesn't want to sell the watermelons. He sets up a stand yeah. and kind of goes, you know, has the costume and everything. But his intention isn't to sell them, it's just to give them away. Yeah. So we kind of skip that. The, the, the He spits out the seeds the next morning. They're all mm. watermelon shaped a bit like Stephen. He takes them to a stall and he gets a hundred pieces of money. One thing that I just wanted to mention, like, yeah. when Greg puts the crown on Stephen... It says water melajusty. Water melajusty. <laughs> so it's like it's a melon. It's a watermelon. It is rather adorable. His watermelon crown. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if the logistics of making a crown out of a watermelon rind, but uh... probably kind of gross as well. Yeah, because he like bit the actual like yeah. outsidey bit. That bit's yucky. Maybe he washed it in the gar wash first. I hope so. Um, <laughs> so. He's got rid of all his watermelons. A bunch of people bought them. Um, uh, Onion is trying to buy his last watermelon, Stephen, baby melon. And he's like, no, no, thank you. This this one's mine. And he suddenly realises that the watermelon Stevens are alive. As it jumps out of Onion's arms, it runs towards him and then embraces him. 
I really shouldn't be so surprised about this. <laughs> One thing I wanted to um, mention quickly. Do we think that the reason that they turned into Watermelon Stevens is because he spat them out of his mouth so they were covered in his spit, which is magic, mm-hmm. like his healing I, I think, I think it's A, the, the liquid from his mouth um, was what made them sentient. I think the reason they took on his form might be something to do with the fact that he has actual DNA as opposed to yeah, the gems. I think don't. it's going back to the whole thing before we were saying that Stephen actually manipulates like physical life. yeah like physical things not yeah. it's not light that he's creating manipulating yeah. it's actual physical things mm. I, I think it's really uh, I think it's really interesting that like it's completely blase that Stephen created sentient life out mm-hmm. of nothing mm-hmm. Stephen is a god <laughs> and it's, it's like yeah it's fine whatever yeah. it's just watermelon Stevens. Mm-hmm. he created a new species basically yes um so Stephen rushes around town to recover them all and wants to get them all back. Don't you think it's kind of horrifying to think that if people have bought them to eat, that some could be somewhere getting chopped up alive oh, and eaten? We'll get there because there is a weird thing at the very tail yeah. end of this episode about eating watermelon <laughs> Stevens, but um Ronaldo purchased one and he was sort of earlier being like the hype man, like, hey, Stephen's practically giving them away. Um, he was about to perform an autopsy on, on his watermelon, Stephen, mm-hmm. which I can't blame him for because he looks for weird stuff to document. And here he had a sentient living watermelon. Mm-hmm. It's the whole, like, alien autopsy mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, it's clearly, like, the sort of faked alien Area yeah. 51 tape or whatever. Also, did you notice he has zero followers on his video? Which is... I didn't, but that's I, I did notice... <laughs> He has zero followers and viewers when he's dissecting a live, living watermelon creature. Like, the government mm. should be watching. <laughs> yeah, they just missed that, apparently. Yeah. Um, like, Stephen points out this thing's alive, you know, and Ronaldo's response is not for much longer. <laughs> kind of dark. Um, eventually gets them back, and Stephen runs back home. The... The Watermelon Stevens have been attacking people in Stephen's defence. Mainly, Stephen tried to get, you know, the Watermelon Stephen back from Ronaldo. Ronaldo pushed him about a bit. The Watermelon Stephen attacks Ronaldo. It's like, hey, this thing attacked in self-defence, but... Or in Stephen's defence. But Stephen doesn't really realise this. He runs back home looking terrified. So do the gems. The gems look scared of this mm. army. Mm-hmm. Like, Stephen created them. The gems are still, like, overwhelmed by the thought of fighting basically one of Rose's plant armies. Yeah. They were clearly... Rose clearly had powerful armies made out of plant well, life. Pearl seems to be the one that's most panicked because she says he can't control them. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, they they fear he created an army he couldn't control. Um, and I'm gonna make a guess here as to why the, the melons start attacking the gems. Mm-hmm. They're all scared, stood in the doorway. The gems see the watermelons approaching. They grab Stephen and throw him into the house in sight of the watermelon Stevens. My read on that is they saw 
the gems pick Stephen up and throw him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as such, they moved in to defend Stephen. I think this is centipedal all over again. Yeah. yeah. It's the gems not understanding that this thing that Stephen is saying is okay is protecting him and looking out for him. Yeah. And they're interpreting what's going on as the gems are hurting Stephen, therefore gems are yeah. bad, let's defeat the gems. It's basically just another example of the gems not trusting Stephen to be able to do the things that he's trying to do. Like, with Centipedal, it was, we don't trust your ability to keep this creature in control. Here, it's, we don't trust your ability to keep these plants in control. And both times, it was to their their detriment. Yeah, Mm -hmm. which is why I think Pearl's, what Pearl says, um, is notable, which says he can't control them. Well, actually, I think he can control them. Yeah. Yeah. They are listening to him. Yeah, he could have controlled um, Centipedal had they not panicked and pulled out their weapons. This all goes wrong because the gems don't trust Steven. Yeah. And it's it's a problem that occurs for them for a while. Um, It could be a secret power of Steven's being able to control things through kindness. He certainly seems to be alright at controlling Mm -hmm. things. Um, Mm -hmm. So Steven runs down and shows the watermelon Stevens that he's safe. They don't stop fighting. And we then get the emotional crux of the episode where Baby Melon hits Steven so that they would fight him and not anyone else, self-sacrificing to stop the fight. Don't you see what you've done? You've you've ruined everything. You, you've killed Me- Baby Melon. It's all... Mm-hmm. This reminded me of the Pokemon movie again. <laughs> I know I brought this up a while ago, but mm-hmm. it reminded me of the end of that film where it's like, oh no, don't we see the error of our ways? Yeah. We shouldn't have all been fighting. We should have just, you know... Stop fighting and be nice to each other. It was really horrifying, though, seeing all the melons kind of get slaughtered and the, the way they were kind of attacking the gems. It's pretty gruesome. Yeah, like, mm. well, the melons at one point are pinning down Amethyst they while digging her, her a grave. They're yeah. digging her a grave in the background. And yeah. while she's crying, she goes, those flowers are lovely because they've got some purple flowers. Yeah, they're going to bury her them. alive. Yeah. And it's just horrifying. Mm. Oh, gosh. Um... So yeah, my last thought on this episode, Stephen eats baby melon. Yeah. Yep. He sends the, the, the watermelon Stevens away and says, don't come back until you understand what you've done. He just very casually starts eating his dead his dead friend. That's weird. It is. I think, again, it's one of those moments <clears throat> where you can get away with it because it's the end of the episode. You don't have to have consequences for yeah, it. You don't have to have anyone look and be like, you're eating your melon child. <laughs> you know, the the one that saved your life, you're eating mm. it. One thing that I um, thought, Baby Melon, as he sacrificed himself for Stephen, could it be that Stephen just can't control that many at once? Because it seems like Baby Melon's the only one he has actual control over. Possibly, because Baby Melon does seem to have more sentience than the other ones. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like, was Baby Melon the most recent one? Or Did he get one? better oh. as he went along? Because he does look different. Yeah, he does. Uh, He's a different they colour explain too. that as him being um, like the least grown of them. Yeah, mm. which interesting parallel to Amethyst. The, uh, yeah. the 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 yeah. the runt of them yeah. that didn't grow fully. Mm. Um, That's a good point. But, I do also like yeah. at the end as they're all leaving, a seagull just casually steals one. Yeah, <laughs> and it looks so calm as well. It's mm-hmm. like who to do when yeah, it gets full. carried away by a seagull. One thing that I found really interesting is that he says, "Don't come back until you've you know what you've 
basically what you've done wrong. Mm. Does that mean that we are going to get a follow-up episode? We do get a follow-up. I don't remember anymore. We do anymore. get a follow-up to this episode. Well, I want all of them to come back and just be like, well, hey. We have the one where Stephen ends up in a watermelon, Stephen, on that island much later on. Uh, the watermelon Stevens are sacrificing watermelon mm-hmm. Stevens to uh, Sugalite. Yeah, it's quite far away. It's not a super recent do, episode. Do you not but... remember this? Um, Stephen ends up like creating an army of water, like raising up an army of watermelon Stevens to attack Sugalite to help the gems. Makes sense. The gems fuse into Alexandrite, I think, if I, I remember, remember right. Um, it's, it's I the must one... have been in pain when I was watching it. It's, if I'm on pain yeah. colours when I watch stuff, I just don't That's remember right. them. It's when the fusion of uh, reverts back to Jasper and Lapis. Ah, okay. That episode is all about Watermelon Stevens. So don't worry, there is a Watermelon Steven episode that comes up again we'll get Malachite. to. Look forward to our Malachite, discussion that's of the that one, in yeah. months. Um, so yeah, we'll get, we'll get there in a bit. You've got more Watermelon <laughs> Stevens to watch. Um... Uh, yeah, I think that's it for my notes. Yeah, I'm done. Hooray, we made it through another Yay! episode of the Crystal Podcast, number seven, where we're, we're getting through the show now. We're, mm-hmm. uh, we're powering on through, and people seem to still be enjoying this. Thank so. you for listening, by the way. Yeah. I don't think yeah. we've ever said that, but like, well, at least I have never said that, but thank you for we listening. We do appreciate it's, it. It's, it's, it's been nice. It's really nice to have a show that, like, so many people seem to be enjoying, mm-hmm. and like, they're... I'm constantly like getting messages from people who are watching the show on a weekly basis along with us, yeah. and it's nice That's to have cute. this whole little community going. Mm-hmm. So thank you all for being lovely. Um, time to do self promotion. Retta, where are you on the internet? I'm Super Retta. That's with lots of A's, in case you haven't guessed. Yep. And Mia, where are you on the internet? On Twitter, I am Omia God. I am also on miaviolet.com. I'm patreon.com forward slash miaviolet. Hooray! Um, that's everything that matters. And I'm Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, YouTube, Patreon. That's what pays the bills. Also, you can find me at letsplayvideogames.com. Thank you very much for listening. We'll have another episode for you next week. Bye. <laughs>